This CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint is brought to you by Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoints, and here is your host, Sanjog All. Welcome listeners, this is Sanjog All, your host, and the topic for conversation is managing transition to smart grid. And I have with me Ravi Pradhan. Ravi is the Vice President, Technology Strategy at Siemens Smart Grid Division. Hello, Ravi. How are you? Uh, Thank you for joining us. Doing very well, Sanjog. And how are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. Uh, Actually, the topic that we have picked up today is a very interesting topic where a lot of companies are, especially the utilities, are trying to manage the transition to smart grid. And I've got some pointed questions. And the first one that I'd like to ask is actually to set the stage and just let's inventory what are the top challenges and or concerns that are posing roadblocks for utilities in the transition to smart grid? And what all is being tried to overcome these challenges? Okay, so, you know, when we talk about smart grid, I think what we're really looking for is what is the what is the payback for all the stakeholders and what's involved in it? And by and large, what we're talking about is getting some form of an economic payoff and have some environment payoff, environmental type of payoff also, for example. So when we talk about smart grid, there's probably a few different aspects to it. Um, for example, a lot of it is around modernizing the grid. I think... There's been a lot of talk about the fact that the infrastructure has been aging. It's been kept up to date. It's still very reliable. But as as we uh, go forward, we really need to try and squeeze more out of it and make it more resilient. That's one aspect of it. The other aspect is, you know, the greening of the grid. We need to bring in more renewables. We need to take advantage of the fact that there are technologies that make renewables more and more viable. Uh, but the grid needs to adapt to be able to make use of that. So that's another aspect of smart grid. Uh, a third aspect is, of course, being able to, you know, now that we are such an, such an information technology-based society, the idea of providing more of this information from the grid back to the consumer, uh, to the to industries, et cetera, and the utilities themselves, for, and, you know, is a big factor of, in smart grid. So the challenges are really varied, and, 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 there, and there are a lot of them. There's no question about it. For example, there is a very involved regulatory process that utilities need to go through to be able to introduce some of these changes. Uh, you know, it's not like um, you can introduce a new product or a new pattern of usage, et cetera, and, and uh, you know, uh, provide it to consumers uh, without any kind of regulatory oversight. So there is a whole process. There's time spent in the process where you need to go through to get approval for some of these these aspects. Uh, reliability in the grid is key, so you, you do want some of this stuff to happen. Financing, you know, it's it, some of these technologies don't come cheap, and it's always an issue of how are you going to finance some of these changes. Uh, you know, we see that, I think, in the economy in general. We've had a lot of debates around infrastructure, et cetera. Well, the grid is part of that infrastructure, so financing is an issue. Um, the smart grid... And like I said, it incorporates so many different things. Uh, you need to f- identify the appropriate technologies. Uh, think of when you think of the when you think of the grid. There are multiple levels to it, right? I think it's it's important to point out. There's the actual grid itself. There's the wires that are running that that carry the power, etc. Uh, but you've got the substations that tie all these together. But you've also got the technologies that run within them. So you've got automation inside these substations. Uh, you've got 
control centers that are managing the grid and optimizing it, uh, managing demand. You've got analytics running on top of it. Identifying these technologies and applying them correctly is another challenge. Um, how are how are the how are we trying to overcome them? Well, you know, from a business model perspective, try and adapt to uh, newer business models such that um, you know perhaps you can uh, get away from some of the uh, need for regulation. Financing, come up with new financing models. Uh, such as, you know, having models where there may be more of a pay-for-performance kind of contract so that the utility investment is, is a lot less. So, uh, you know, it, I think it, the, the, the types of challenges are, are varied and, the, um, and what is being done to try and overcome them are also appropriate to those very challenges. So that's a long answer, uh, Sanjog, but I, I hope I addressed at least a part of that question. No, you definitely, and it was a loaded question. Of course, you know, you set a pretty good stage. Now, do you think anything that specifically is being done to overcome these challenges effectively, is that really happening in the right way? I think it is. I mean, I think, you know, the, uh, the, the scope of these these changes and the challenges are vast, like I said. And I think at all levels, everybody is being very smart about how to address them. They're not, I don't think there's anyone entity out there, any stakeholder who's trying to deal with them all at once. Um, you know, I, I always use the example of uh, the air traffic control system, right? Uh, the fact of the matter is introducing new technologies like like uh, the use of GPS made the whole stream of uh, the volume of air traffic actually go up because there were tighter tolerances now that we know much more accurately where the planes are. It's the same kind of thing with the grid. We don't have uh, to install a whole new set of new wires if we know how to better, or more optimally use it. So there are, there, you know, the, the answers to these things are being uh, handled very specifically and in a very targeted manner. Now, given the size and complexity of any such endeavor, is it like boiling the ocean or are we taking bite-sized chunks? And, and what would you say would be the best way to split them in order to manage this transition effectively? Yeah, I mean, again, like like I was saying earlier, I think there are there is a pretty decent split in terms of what uh, what can be dealt with. In other words, to to use your words, you know, it is being dealt with in bite-sized chunks. Um, utilities, for example, are you know who are dealing with the distribution side, they're taking off smaller chunks. For example, you know, the use of smart meters. Um, transmission operators are being are using tools that are uh, dealing with the um, uh, transmission of energy more optimally. So these things, these, the, the, it's being made more manageable by virtue of using um, more tools, more targeted, and more focused on specific pieces of it. It has to be more specific because, this, because there are so many layers to this problem. Uh, I think I was saying earlier, you know, for example, you've got the grid itself. Yes, of course, you can, you can use technologies to update that, but you can also use a lot of information technology kind of tools to to do things like make uh, the grid more resilient. Uh, for example, uh, you know um, there are there is there is feeder automation or substation automation, what we refer to. Where, for example, uh, if there is some kind of a fault, you know you have a storm or there's somebody cuts a tree and it accidentally goes across the line, you know in the normal case that might mean that. That whole that whole section that whole section of the feeder is out of operation. 
But now, using information technology, using uh, uh, smart relays, we have algorithms that can detect within milliseconds where this fault has occurred, right? Because you know which section you're losing, and it can automatically switch the feeder so that everybody around where that fault has occurred is basically being supplied by by power within within literally within milliseconds. Um, I mean, you know, we know of an application of it to protect the hospital, for example. The hospital is protected with these technologies where these relays are talking to each other um, uh, using, you know, very standardized messages so that if in an event of an occurrence like this, the hospital would actually not see any outage. They wouldn't need to kick in their emergency generators. There wouldn't be, uh, you know, loss of power, detectable loss of power in the building at all. So, um you know, these these problems can be dealt with in very specific ways and very manageable ways by addressing specific problems along the way. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages and discuss about the bandwidth that's available for a utility to be able to handle the smart grid-related initiatives and also when they're already dealing with the challenges, uh, dealing with the legacy infrastructure. Please stay tuned and we'll be right back. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint. Welcome back, listeners. So the question, Ravi, here is that utilities that we see today are traditionally working on thin margins and increasingly demanding regulations. Do you think they have spare bandwidth available to go after smart grid, especially when there are already challenges with maintaining even the legacy infrastructure? You know, that's an interesting question because I'm, I'm already seeing in the news about stories about how maintaining the legacy infrastructure is already an expensive proposition and whose price is only really going to keep going up. In a sense, that kind of drives that the utilities really do need to start looking at our, the smart grid solutions um, and, and really, you know, have to be driven towards that because that's the way that that is the most economically viable. Upgrading, you know, con- con- continually upgrading and maintaining the grid has been a task that's been carried out by the utilities, and they've been phenomenal at it. We have a very, we have a relatively very, very reliable grid. But as the costs of maintaining that continue to increase, at some point it does begin to make sense to bring in new technologies to uh, replace the existing. Uh, infrastructure. And the idea, of course, is that this new infrastructure would require a lower maintenance cost and would effectively pay for itself. So when you talk about working on thin margins, I think to some extent, utilities really are driven to this smart grid to basically account for that. Um, 
you know, in, it's, it's offsetting the cost of maintaining the legacy infrastructure by simply updating it with newer uh, technologies. Um, there's also the idea of, of course, um, moving to a, a different business model where, you know, uh, where there might be more vendors who are interested in working with the utility on a more pay-for-performance kind of a scenario. So there, there, there are, there is bandwidth in that sense um, for the utilities to do this. It may be tight, but to some degree they're compelled to go to that, and in the end, I think the payoff will be will be what they expect. So what education and or collaboration that you think needs to be imparted between the city government, utilities, policymakers, and consumers to ensure a seamless transition and an end-user adoption, since there are so many entities involved here? I think in the end, the, all the cities, the utilities, government really need to emphasize the payoff of this, the, 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 the Tremendous amount of, uh, you know, economic and public good and environment payoff. That's all, that's all has to be built in to the story of what, uh, uh, into the education of, of all the stakeholders. You know, the, there is, California has a mandate, for example, to uh, use up to 33%, I believe, of renewables by 2020. That in and of itself has an advantage in terms of uh, you know, reducing the carbon footprint. Um, yeah, you know, all the all the public good that comes out of uh, of uh, going with a more uh, green grid. Um, you know, there there is all the payoff in terms of um, modernizing the grid because you know the the expression that we use now is that electricity is the uh, um, fuel of choice for today's uh, society. I mean, without electricity to charge your iPad, you don't have an iPad. Without electricity to, uh, you know, um, run your routers, you don't have uh, information technology. You don't have the internet. The electricity is the the the, the fuel of choice for the society. And modernizing the grid so that we can get more of that fuel. It has to be part of the story of what we what we what we uh, advocate and educate all the stakeholders with, and then of course, all the information that we can provide as a consequence of all the smart grid technologies. You know, how much are you actually consuming? How much are you? Uh, you know, when can you most economically charge your electric vehicles if you go down that path? All that information can now be fed back to consumers. All of that education, all that message needs to be put out there. Um, the, the payoffs from applying the smart grid, we believe, is tremendous, and that's that's you know those are some of the aspects of what we need to educate the stakeholders with. Now, finally, what's your message to the same same or various stakeholders in terms of how they can play their respective role in order to make this transition to smart grid actually a predictable success? Well, I think you know in terms of uh, of a of a message to all the stakeholders, I think. The key is doing this in a measured set of steps such that we can um, achieve, you know, to, to basically take this, take an approach that will ensure success, right? And to ensure success, we need to take these things in smaller chunks, deal with the things that we can actually deal with, uh, and tackle those first. Now, in terms of uh, providing uh, information back to the consumer, for example, the incorporation of 
smart meters means that consumers have much better visibility into uh, what their consumption patterns are. In terms of modernizing the grid, the messages really take on the stuff that we do, we can do uh, successfully in the near term and then move on to more esoteric areas. We can already optimize how how much energy we can pass through the transmission grid and how cheaply we can produce it. Um, all these, all the stakeholders really need to participate by uh, contributing to identifying what the achievable chunks are and taking that forward. Information technology as it stands today is the backbone of the smart grid because that's where, that's, that's where all of this information can be gathered and brought forth. Information technology is well tried and well well-tested because of the fact that we have it so dispersed and widely used in the Internet. That's what we want to use, and that's, that's what we want to successfully apply in the smart grid realm. Once again, thank you so much, Ravi, for sharing your thoughts and insights about how these utilities can manage transition to smart grid. Thank you, Sanjeev. And listeners, I invite you to further uh, find more conversations about Smart Grid on our website at www.ciotalkradio.com slash smartgrid. Thank you for listening to CIO Talk Radio Viewpoints. For related programming, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. This CIO Talk Radio Viewpoint was brought to you by Siemens Smart Grid. 